Dee, 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 dee. Hello and a very warm welcome to this new episode of Tea, Mud and Hope. Today, my special guest is Mona from Tiwala and we will be chatting about volunteering in tea. Just the perfect topic when you're not allowed to travel anywhere at the moment. Well, hopefully that will change soon. Mona is based in Hong Kong and offers a fine selection of teas for people. Her work also includes tea education and you can get in touch with her via her Instagram account and website thetiwala.com. Let's welcome her. Hello. Hello. Hi, Mona. Hi, Oh, I'm, I'm good. How are you, Monica? Oh, I'm good. I'm very well. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you great. And Happy New Year. Oh, I can hear you very well. Oh, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you. Um, yes. I, I know it's, um, and you know, we have so much snow just overnight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I, was, I was about to say it's really cold here, but it's probably nothing compared to where you are. Well, well, I think a lot of people maybe imagine Scotland to be really cold in temperature, but actually it's not cold. It's just, you know, around the frosty mark. I think the continent, like in Poland or Germany, they can get real, you know, low temperatures, like minus 20, minus 25 or so. But we have, we hover around the zero, minus two throughout the winter, really. Um, So... Uh, so it's not cold, cold, but it, um, but yeah, today we have beautiful, do you know, good quality snow. It's really good quality. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, uh, Fresh, yeah. powder. I don't know if you can ski or, or something up there. Oh, well, I, I can maybe make an igloo and maybe, <laughs> maybe I can make, maybe I can, I can, uh, yes, I can, I can maybe make something outside. I'll see after our call, after our chat. So, yeah, um, make a snow angel. Yes, yes, I'll make something. I'll send you a photo. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it's so lovely to hear you. And thank you so much for, um, for talking to me about volunteering and tea. And um, I think it's a wonderful topic. Um, and yeah. I thought I thought actually this morning it's maybe especially a wonderful topic because none of us are allowed to go anywhere at the moment. So, so we can we can all we can all dream a bit about what can maybe happen in the future, and uh, yeah. we, we can think about um, what we what you know. It's, uh, it's Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, where, where, where do we start? T- tell us about, about you know, your first volunteering in tea experience and, and, and what was that like? Tell me, Mona. Um, so I first volunteered on a tea farm in July, sorry, June of 2017. Um, and I went to Fujian, uh, so southeastern China, particularly in a white tea region called Zhenghe. Um, and at the time, I had been working in tea for a few years, and I had been drinking lots of tea, but I just wanted to get some hands-on experience. I mm. love to travel. 
Um, and I'm based in Hong Kong, so I decided it's not too far. I might as well just go off um, on my own and see how the tea farms are. Yeah. Um, I'd always wanted to see them. I have been dreaming about it for years. Um, and then so I finally just decided to take the leap, and I found a white tea farm on a, a woof platform. So that stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. Nice. Um, they, yeah, they offer opportunities worldwide, not just in China and not just for tea, yes. but for any organic farms looking for some um, a volunteering exchange. So yes. uh, basically, you, in exchange for your volunteering hours, um, they give you room and board. Um, and it's just a really nice kind of educational and cultural exchange. Um, I've done it also Prior to the tea farm, I went to like a uh, a farm in Sichuan yes. through Wolf as well with a friend, and it was a really awesome experience. Nice. Um, I would highly recommend it. Um, checking out Wolf for the different countries. I think uh, yes. I think people, yeah. people, I'm sure will will do that. It's maybe not for. I, I mean, I was familiar with it, and I've actually done done that before. Uh, um, here at, at Windy Hollow and it was a lovely yeah, lovely experience yes yes but but yes so so that's 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 wonderful to hear that there there are real opportunities to do that and hopefully people will be able to do it again much more in the future but so but so, yeah, I hope so. yeah yeah but, but you, know, you know what though there's quite a lot of opportunities for local wolfing as well because yeah. you'd be surprised how many farms are you know, close by to cities. Um, even in Hong Kong, we have quite a lot of farms in the uh, New Territories area. Okay. Um, and I know there's tea farms like in the States and, and you're in Europe. Yes. Um, and, and I think you mentioned last time that there's more and more in Europe. Um, yes, yes. So even if, if uh, international travel doesn't open up, it doesn't mean you still can't experience um, farm work and farm stay. Um if you just look a little bit outside of your city yes. domestically, you might be able to find something. I think that's great thinking. That's really, uh, yeah, a good, a really good suggestion. So, 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 te so tell us. You, it sounded like you, it sounds like you were so excited to, to go. And what, what was yeah. it like then? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, so I had no idea going into it what to expect because. It was very ambiguous. There was hardly any description about the farm on the on the website. I think okay. there was about two photos, and I went in thinking, "Well, I hope there really is tea on this farm." <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 it turned out to just be it, it it exceeded my expectations in every single way possible. Oh, wonderful! Um, just a really really amazing farm. So, well, I call it a farm, but it, they they call themselves the Tea Academy because. Um, basically this kind of tea farm slash processing facility slash ac academy, um, their vision is to bring back the art of making white tea in the Zhenghe region, where it used to be tradition to produce white tea, and it still is, but it's definitely decreased over the years. Okay. And so the owner or the visionary of, of, of this particular estate, which is called Longhe, um, he created this uh, tea academy and tea farm and using all the traditional handcrafted methods produces uh, white tea there, which is phenomenal. And um, they also have 
groups that come in to visit. Um, they have room and board, so place for people to stay if they want to. Mainly domestic um, domestic tourists who want to learn about tea. Okay. Um, and then they also have the international volunteering program within Woof. Um, but it's very um, very independent. You kind of make what you will of it. Um, but all the facilities are there, and it was just a fabulous experience. Um, basically, in terms of like my daily routine. Yeah. Um, we would have breakfast together with everybody who works at the tea tea factory and farm um, at around seven seven thirty, and then we would get to work at around eight. Um, and as a volunteer, I mostly spent most of my time with the tea aunties who kind of uh, sorted through the tea leaves at the very end of the process to make sure um, that the tea leaves were of the highest quality and they would remove anything which um, didn't pass the test. So little things like pieces of hay or like rope, kind of organic natural materials um, that sometimes would slip into the tea. So I would sit around the table with a group of these lovely ladies, um, most Mm. of which uh, spoke the local Fujian dialect, which I learned a little bit of. Oh, nice. um, Yeah, so it was really fun. They're really sweet, um, just kind of chit-chatting, gossiping, and laughing around the table and trying as my best to communicate with them, um, you know, with my Mandarin and their dialect and trying to understand one another. Um, but they were really, really sweet and kind of taught me how to, which, which, um, things to take out and which to keep. Yes. And yeah, so that was really lovely. That was like probably what I spent most of my time doing, but also, um, I did get to plant tea trees as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They had a new plot of land, which they wanted to plant new tea seedlings in. Okay. So I, I spent a day that was very tough labor for me in the hot sun. Yes, yes. Well, that's, <laughs> inter- awesome. that's interesting. You see um, tea seedling plants. So plants from seed, grown from seed? Um, so the seedlings, so the, you know, the baby plants that yes. have already come out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But but whether they were cuttings or seedling plants or, or, the, or they didn't really share with you? I'm not sure. Okay, they, okay. They brought them in okay. From, from somewhere close by. Yes, um, yes. Like, I got to, to go in the truck with them to pick it up. Yes. Um, oh, no, no, that's was, it. I was just, I'm all, as a, <laughs> as a tea grower, I'm, yeah, all, I'm always a bit geeky about, about, oh, gosh, yeah. what was that? And, you what you know, because it's, uh, it's lovely to hear what's been planted in terms of tea across yeah. the world. It's one, I always get a bit geeky about that, of course. But, yeah, yeah so... That's nice. a good question, and, and for me, like coming from a big city and not having really ever experienced farm life, I guess. Yes. Well, I, I did some backpacking, and, and I was on the farm in Sichuan, but yes, still, it's all very new to me. Um, yes. So I guess I did it. I was more just going with with the flow. Of course, of course. Not noticing all the little things, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was really really awesome to kind of be able to yes plant those seedlings. Um, and, and other and, things I did. And, and what did you, sorry to interrupt, Mona, but I'm interested, yeah, no. you see, that was quite hard work. What was hard about it? Oh, just uh, squatting all day. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you're out in the farmland, yeah. it's, it's so hot, because at that point, I 
think that was, I can't remember if that was the first time I went in June or maybe in April, the second time I went, yeah. but either way, it was very hot. Yes. Um, so the sun was beating down and use, because we just had so many tea seedlings to plant. Yes. Row after row after row. So you just, you know, you get, you get your little rhythm down, but you're constantly um, squatting. Yes. Yes. On your, on your, uh, putting your weight, I guess, on your knees. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of used to it because I have traveled through China and, and, and things, but yes. um, just hours of doing that will, 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 it's not really a motion I, I normally do. So I remember yes. the next day, my back, lower back was very stiff, but um, yes. I really treasured that experience and, and I, I was as motivated as I possibly could be. I tried to, tried to finish as much as I could. Um, within that day and, and didn't give up so that's that's that wonderful fun. that's right and I think that gives you a very intense kind of link as well to a tea garden doesn't it if you feel a little bit of yeah. of, of of you know of the pain or, or you feel feel actually yeah. you know what what it what it's like to to be really involved in um supporting the the tea plant and and making it all happen yeah, exactly. It's um, my blood, sweat, and tears are now in the. <laughs> 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 so yes. Well, yeah, there'll be um, a bit left it from you. Connect you further, like with the with the soil and with the earth, um, with the land. So I, I I very much enjoyed the experience. Nice. Oh, wonderful. In a, in a tough sort of way. Wonderful. <laughs> and so 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 t so taking that kind of what you've described into account volunteering is actually then quite different to you know visiting tea tea farms and tea gardens so making a decision about going somewhere and volunteer is is feels different doesn't it definitely um i think through both you you, you can still experience the the magic of the tea farms but volunteering for me because i've done both sort of like visiting and traveling to tea farms versus volunteering. And I feel like volunteering gives you one step more into or more involved in the process. Yes. So you get hands-on experience and you really get to see just how involved the tea process, see, not just see, but to actually feel it with your own hands and, and sweat and tears as, as you yeah. said. <laughs> um, and, and just kind of live through it. So, yes. you know, yes. spend a few weeks there and you know get to know the the people that that make the tea um mm. and just see their daily lives and yes. and hang out with spend time with them yeah it's a very different experience than just visiting a farm you know for a few hours in the afternoon let's say and then and and, and kind of getting an idea but not quite the full swing of things yes um, so and I, I really love very immersive experiences um like exchange programs and volunteering programs i'm um, very very big on those so yes i would really really um recommend them yes oh that's wonderful no i totally get get you there i totally get you but i'm intrigued now how hot was it you say it was really hot what was the temperature like Ex again a bit deep oh, geeky hot? but um what do you think, I think it, it was, was mostly because it was so exposed to the sun right. like there's no shade and it was just beating down with the sun but it yeah. was probably about 24 25 to 30 something degrees right. celsius i would have guessed yes yes and the humidity what did it feel like did it feel quite dry yeah so the first time i went in june it was more humid 
Um, the second time when I went the year later in April, I, I revisited because I wanted to see um, the white tea farm like fully in action with yes. the spring harvest. Yes. Um, that time around, it was a lot cooler, less humid. Um, so it was kind of two different experiences on the, on the same farm, though. Oh, nice. Nice. That must have been nice to see both of that then. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. And, and I mean, you know this personally, like, throughout the year you go through a sort of it's very seasonal and you go through a rhythm of you know okay it's spring harvest it's like time to buckle down and 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 harvest get everything done and then you know maybe after in the summer things are a bit more quiet more time to to relax and 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 drink tea yes yes Um, and and I got to see some of the surrounding sites as well um like there's a lotus pond nearby and some mountains nearby I got to hike through in in June, um, and then April was really all about just hands on getting getting the work done. Um, so I enjoyed both very much. Nice, nice. And what 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 else did you learn? Did you learn some tea making skills? Do you think? Did you, have you got some of that in your blood now? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I well, I got to also learn how to pick the tea. Um, so you know the different picking standards, so bud versus bud and leaf versus bud and two leaves. Yes. Um, and it was quite interesting because I learned it there for the first time. And then um, also part of my volunteering was sometimes when there were groups that would come in, I would kind of host them. Um, so I would tour them around nice. the facility and mm. take them to like a nearby tea farm of ours. Um, and because they were mainly Chinese, um, groups and I would like translate back and forth. Um, and I just found it very, um, I don't know what the word is, but I found it quite interesting that I, as a sort of foreigner was teaching, um, local Chinese people who are visiting how to pluck the tea leaves. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. It was quite interesting. but, But yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned, learned, um, the way that white tea is made from that experience yes. um, in a very immersive way. So all of the steps in the process, um, you know, from plucking to the very, very um, seemingly easy withering stage, but actually very complex yes, yes. Um, withering stage yes. um, that lasts about three days and they're constantly checking on it and moving it around, changing the angles of things, catching the winds, etc. And then also, um, this particular farm uses a charcoal roasting method, just very, very lightly on the white tea oh, too, as the final step interesting. for drying. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, lovely. So, no, I, I think it, I think white tea is is absolutely wonderful and gorgeous, and and it's very yes, many tea drinkers and and sometimes tea makers assume it's quite a a kind of straightforward process but actually to get it wonderfully yeah. right you know and tease out those beautiful nuances um yeah. it is is very complex isn't it it's a very complex process and takes a lot of in, intuition and experience and um so it's so wonderful i had to, i had some i've been lucky to have some really um beautiful white tea drinking experiences so I really appreciate yeah I really appreciate um white tea makers who who can do it you know wonderfully so um a bit bit, sorry sorry I interrupted you 
Oh, no, no, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, it's, uh, it's very nuanced, like you said, and because, you know, there's fewer steps in the process. If, if you mess up one step, there's no turning back. Yes, um, yes. You can't really mask it with anything else. Whereas if you're making, for example, black tea, um, there's lots of steps in the process, and you can kind of adjust as as you need i mean of course yes. if you completely messed up a batch then, then that's, yes yes there's no turning yes. back but but um little little minor errors here and there can be adjusted but for white tea that's really not the case if, yes. if you mess it up then it's there's there's no turning back um, yes so everything has to be perfectly monitored at all times um and it does take a lot of experience um since at least for this place um it's done very hand uh, handmade and not using machinery so the withering is all done on bamboo racks which are stacked up um firstly in a um kind of indoor outdoor um bamboo area yes, yes. Uh, that that is that was built specifically for the wind to kind of come in and out um and then also outdoors in the courtyard so wonderful um very like subtle yes subtle steps but but requires a lot of attention and because there's such um fragile tender shoots in the beginning of the spring you have to take that much extra care of them yes. um, so i felt very lucky to you know as an outsider to to be able to handle those delicate and and very precious tea leaves yes wonderful wonderful mona and and I'm also intrigued about the one of the final parts of the process of a, a little bit of gentle charcoal roasting and mm. and and what what did that add? Do you have you managed to taste with and without? What do you think it added? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think for white tea I've tasted with and without the charcoal roasting, but I have for oolong tea because the. I visited Alishan and also stayed for a few days on yes. a, a, a tea farm. Yeah. Um, and the tea master, he's, it's a very, very small, it's just run by a family. Um, so a mom and a dad and, and three kids that pretty much do everything themselves. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. And he, he's very, loves to teach. So he would take like cup the teas and, and invite us to, to taste along and explain, okay, this is without this process and this is with the process. And, yes. Um, I, I know that the roasting process is to kind of bring out the aroma um, and kind of solidify that. Yes. Um, so I think uh, with if you were to drink it before the charcoal roasting, it's a lot less fragrant um, and kind of more raw in taste um, versus the more finished and aromatic um, results. Yes. And the, and the room just, oh, it smells amazing. It's just yeah. basically like a, um, it just reminds me of like baking cookies. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. It, yeah. So it's not like an over, yeah, that I was just, um, with the, with the white, I was just intrigued because if you have a non-roasted one and you, let's say you have a beautiful, kind of watermelon kind of hint you know would you not I, I was just thinking what what would you what can you possibly add with the charcoal I'm just intrigued this is this is a little bit um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a bit too far with my geekiness here I think but but <laughs> no, but um but, no, 
roast as opposed to more of like charcoal drying. Um, right, right. Because ro yes. roast would be more for the oolong teas where they do yes. a more heavy um, and stronger fire. But I think yes. with the with the white tea, it's really just to, and I don't think it really adds too much flavor, but just kind of um, fine tuning the ex already existing notes in the tea. Yes. Um, and you and know, I, I love white tea as well for its kind of underlying wheat or bread. I always think it tastes a bit like sweet bread. Yes, um, yes. And I think so the charcoal drying kind of enhances that undertone as well. Yes. And you know, someone, um, a very experienced tea maker mentioned before to me the the difference between the final drying stage of drying from the inside out or the outside in and I've, it's always kind of stayed in my head and thought gosh and <clears throat> and they said to me do you know Monica that will taste very different and I was thinking wow gosh you know that's really um a brain teaser for me <laughs> no that would be a really fun experiment and I think it's great <laughs> that you have the ability to test those things yes um, yes your farm. yes oh I'm very experimental this year I am um, I've made a, a, a little, uh, you know, aged um, little brick. Well, it's not, yeah, a little brick. So I'm, I'm, um, oh. I've made a few of those and I'm just, I made them slightly different, treated them slightly differently. And I kind of keep, keep sniffing them every week or so. Okay. <laughs> I, and you, see. So you compress the tea into a brick shape? Yes, yes. Oh, uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, um, is it? And did you say it was an aged tea or well it's or... aged in the t in the sense that <clears throat> I'm planning to I'm planning to um keep it for well the plan was actually to keep it for about 2 years because I was yeah. very inspired by the the wonderful tea maker Shin Morg on on Instagram I visited him I can't uh -huh. believe that was last year. That was last year, wasn't it? I'd, gosh, that seems like years ago now. But I um, luckily I did go last year before it wasn't possible anymore. But um, no, she, he was absolutely wonderful. Highly, highly eccentric, uh, um, of course, as a as a as a brilliant tea maker probably should be. But um, so so he he had all these treasures in his uh, in a, a side room that was locked. Um, locked up with a big big padlock and um and and you know he he made so so not aged not not a puer aged um he he would never call it that as well because of course that is linked to a specific area in china so for, but aged in the sense that he has experimented for about 10 years he said um oh, wow. on what can he create um, by me, by 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 aging his teas and a variety of teas by aging his teas for about two to three years, what does it add mm -hmm. to it? And um, and it was really really fascinating to hear about yeah. to hear about all his experiences and his knowledge, and the knowledge gained. And do you know it it made me realize as well how some tea makers who possibly don't come from a long a kind of family tradition who haven't really received the skill from uh -huh. um, their, their, their parents or grandparents who maybe are self-taught. Um, uh -huh. How much 
kind of energy and failure they have to put up with for, for sometimes oh, yeah. years and years. And I, and, yeah, it, I think it was really um, fascinating. And also, I, I think I had a lot of, I have, of course, a lot of, a lot of deep respect for, um, for, for, for all team makers, you know, um, so, so yeah, but, but that's, that's, that's just to bring it, but you know what, you mentioned something earlier, it's just coming back to me and it, it's puzzling me. You said that less, less white tea actually was made in that area, but, but why is that the case, Mona? Because white tea, I thought in China is so popular and in high demand. It is so. Um, that's a great question. There's there's two main regions in the Fujian province which are known for white tea that where white tea originated. So the one that I visited um, through my volunteer experience um, is called Zhenghe, which is um, lesser known uh, compared to the other region which is called Fuding. You might have heard of Fuding. Yes. Um, so most of, most white tea that you'll find will usually come from Fuding, and there's slight regional differences in the taste um, and the processing. But um, basically, Zhenghe, because of other industries that arise, um, less and less uh, make, people stopped making tea overall there. Um, I mean, they still have tea makers there, don't get me wrong. There's yes. still an auction area, there's still a market, yes. um, but much less so than Fuding, which is a lot more predominant now. Okay, okay. So yeah. So you get particular areas that are, you know, where quite a lot of a particular processing is happening, and in other mm -hmm. areas where, yeah, okay, I I I understand. I always was I yeah. also was 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 quite intrigued last time when I spoke with with Jeff Jeff Fuchs. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, he mentioned. I mean, I was really surprised. He mentioned that some areas are now uh, in in China where tea is actually replaced with with coffee. Do you, Do you know? Have you come across that? Um, that? I mean, and, I'm not sure if I would say replaced, but like I know in Yunnan, for example, coffee growing coffee is very getting more and more popular. Okay, um, but okay. it's not grown in the same region as tea is uh, okay. probably f I, I don't know so much about coffee but i would guess it's for climate reasons or just because there's more unused lands elsewhere um, yes yes so in yunnan like the south um like sichuan bana prefecture is where most of the puart is made and then i know coffee is grown in a mountain called baoshan um i don't know geographically exactly where it is in yunnan but i know yes. it's different to where the tea is made. So I'm not sure about being replaced. Um, I, I have also come across coffee in both uh, Alishan, Taiwan, and in Sri Lanka. Okay. Um, so I think it, it, it definitely grows kind of hand in hand in, in, in these countries. Um, but I haven't, I personally haven't experienced yes. the, the replacement of tea with coffee myself um, but i'm sure if jeff says that yes that it has and probably has he's been he's exploring been exploring china for so long yes um, yes so yeah yes um yes no 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 that that also yes i mean it's so it's such a vast country as well isn't it anyway yeah yeah um but yeah so 
volunteering again so it's 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 given it's given you a lot a lot of knowledge a lot of beautiful memories and you've met you've mm-hmm. met wonderful people i'm sure as well yeah yeah that's that's honestly most of the the reason why i love um tea travel so much is just meeting all different kinds of people um that really open up their hearts and their world to you it's really really nice um, just to see that and then you, you, you share a special kind of bond in, in that way um, if you know if you're living together and working together yes. Um, yes. so that's that's really a big aspect for me with the tea travel too and I always find cultural exchanges quite like funny I mean things aren't like because because maybe you speak different languages or you're from a different culture, there's always going to be some funny incidents, yes. of misunder- cultural misunderstandings and things. And I think that I, I actually quite enjoy those. Yes. I think that you learn a lot from those and, and they're quite memorable as well. It that, pushes the outside of your, your comfort zone um, and you get true. to learn about other people's way of life. So It's yeah. true. It makes you a bit reflective as well on, on your own life and what your what your yeah. assumptions are sometimes, isn't it? Um, um and what what do you, what did you think the challenges were for you? Were there any challenges where you thought you got up one morning and thought, geez, so what am I doing here? You know, this is a <laughs> this has been really hard now. Like anything in particular challenge so I wouldn't say I ever felt like so defeated yeah to the point of wanting to just go home or give up but I I do remember uh one point where I was a bit stressed out when I was in Taiwan and trying to trying to reach um the Alishan area um in time for like my birthday because I was I was traveling solo yes um and so I was by myself and sometimes when you're traveling by yourself and you have like a lot of things to carry and yes. you don't, you're unfamiliar in the location and you're just trying to figure out directions, it gets a bit stressful. Um, and I really wanted to make sure I reached this uh, tea homestay in Alishan for my birthday and I just got a little stressed out because I, 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 I got like a bit lost with the directions and stuff, but I eventually found my way and it was okay. Oh, that's um, good. That's good. And and that's 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 it's wonderful, isn't it, to to um to travel solo as well. Um, okay. it's got a different, very different feel to it. I mean, group tea travel is has also it its beauties because you can chat so much about your experiences and have that social element. But solo travel is. I think also very fascinating and I look forward to actually doing doing some more when we're allowed again. I I would love to do some more. Yeah. Um but but what I, really, um, I like both. Yes. yes. Some of the you travel solo and some with a friend and I I think both are nice in a way where, you know, if you're with a friend then you can kind of share the whole experience together. Yes. yes. Um but but I do find when you're traveling solo you, you end up meeting a lot more people outside of your group um so you get a more immersive experience so I'll just like kind of make friends around wherever I'm traveling um when I'm by myself um and that's part of the adventure yes and and do you feel sorry go for it (laughs) no no I'm just gonna say you know but then sometimes also it's like oh I wish that I had someone here that I'm you know, yes. share this particular experience with. So yes. there's ups and downs to both. Um, yes. But I do quite enjoy the solo travel. And um, I think that 
that my my trip to to the white tea farm was my first solo kind of solo trip because um, I had been doing the backpacking with a good friend of mine right before that and she left back to the states and I was feeling a bit sad that she left and I wasn't sure I was like should I still go to this place yeah. I, I don't know like if I can handle it on my own yes um but then I just went I just forced myself and I just went anyway and I was so glad that I did nice oh that's wonderful Mona that's really wonderful but he but as a as also as a woman do you feel okay. do, do you would you recommend people to to, to go for it? I, I mean, have you ever felt kind of unsafe on your travels? Or has it always been I, really straightforward? Well, because I speak the language in, in, in China and Taiwan, that makes traveling a lot easier for me. And also yes. I feel less of a target in the way that I'm sort of not exactly a full full foreigner, but and I can kind of understand what's going on. So, yeah. you know, they can't exactly, like, cheat me in that way. Yes. Um, and I... I would say, like, if there's any moments of feeling, like, danger or anything, it's usually in the cities as opposed to the, the mountain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I find people in the rural mountain areas, like, really nice and very welcoming. Um, and coming from Hong Kong, which is a big city, and I also, like, lived in L.A. for quite some time, I was always quite taken aback by how just hospitable and nice people are without, you know, expecting something in return or anything like that. It's just a genuine sense of hospitality up in the mountains. Um, So I think, you know, I think as a woman, we like, we still need to be careful. Mm -hmm. I always try to keep a low profile as much as possible, you know, not wearing anything too flashy and just caring as little as possible. Um, making sure before I leave somewhere, kind of knowing generally how I'm going to get to a place. Right, um, right. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I think not letting that stop you entirely um, from going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and if, if it is something that concerns you, then I think just going with, you know, with one friend or two friends can help ease that as well. Yes, yes. Or I guess going back to if it is volunteering that that you're interested in volunteering in tea to have it really kind of well organized beforehand and the people know that you're coming and you know how to get there especially if you're not familiar with the language i guess and then it should still be possible shouldn't it yeah yeah and i think once once you get to the volunteering experience you you should be totally fine Mm -hmm. i mean yes i guess i can't say that for every place but Overall, um, it, it, I would assume it's safer once you actually make it to the place. And if they have sort of an established volunteering program with other volunteers as well, then then you can kind of feel safer in that way too. Yes, yes. And um, so the so the Wolf um, Exchange kind of program is open to to everyone across the world. I I, I think I remember yeah. the website. But it is it is very focused on kind of natural farming stroke organic farming, isn't it? So it's that and which is which is of course wonderful, which is something I'm totally into. But but yeah, so so that's their yeah. focus, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it, with regards to organic, it sort of depends on the country. I mean, uh, organic is not such a huge concept, I would say, like in China, for example. So. Um, even 
like I, I wouldn't say all the farms listed on Woof are necessarily organic. It's just more of a general farm farm volunteering experience. Um, okay. Although the original concept of Woof is is organic farming. Okay. Okay. That's... And and each um, each country has a different Woof platform or page so you basically subscribe to that particular country and then you pay a very low one-year fee i think it was something like 20 us dollars or something for the year yeah um and then you just get access to a list of farms and their contact information um that are looking to bring on volunteers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes that that's great and and hopefully i mean with with the whole COVID experience, hopefully, we'll be able to do that more freely again in the future. But as you said already, yeah. that you, you can maybe um, find opportunities a little bit closer to you as well that, that, that are very meaningful and very exciting. And, and yes, you're right, there are lots of, um, lots of exciting tea projects across Europe it's wonderful you yeah. you have to come and do a tour as well sometime Mona and see I definitely will yeah, and I want to try your tea brick as well Scottish tea brick <laughs> sorry you, are you going to make I would love to try your, your Scottish tea brick oh yes 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 oh, get, oh gosh yes yes well let me let you me know keep what? That, that actually reminds me of that little isn't it like a tablet or something in, in Scotland they have those um Oh, <laughs> sweet or something you have with coffee, and it's like in a little brick form. Yes, indeed, indeed. But no, I I, I sent you a photo of it actually. But it, at the moment, my my um my smelling tests and looking at mm-hmm. it, um, are, are going are going very well. So I'm very pleased with it. But who oh, knows how it will taste? <laughs> I mean, I, I expected quite a number of years of just having to check it each time just to learn from it because, you know, yeah. It, 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 yeah. But um, that's that's the challenge with, with making a, a kind of new form of, of HT in a, uh, in a, I guess, in a new climate, in a new tea uh-huh. growing area that you, that, that it takes so long to experiment with it, you know, you have at least a year to kind of test your first batches and that's already then a whole year past, isn't it? So in a way you need 10 years just to have 10 tests (laughs) if you think about it. So it's just very time consuming, but it's exciting and and wonderful as well. Um, So I'm- I mean, even, even for starting your farm, must have taken you at least three years, right, to kind of get it up and running? Oh, yes. So what am I now? Maybe, and this will be, gosh, the years pass by. Maybe this will be year six, possibly. But it, mm-hmm. but yes, it. the thing is, um, it's very different to have a totally new tea garden or tea growing area compared to something that is well established because and I think there's pros and cons to, to each and I thought about this quite a while so in an established one of course people come and they they see it it's very obvious it's a tea garden and you know it's beautiful and you have established teas um, that, that you can share with people and it's wonderful um, so if you have a new one, there's pros and cons to that. First of all, because you have a kind of blank starting point, you you, uh-huh. you, you can, you know, you, you can 
really um, develop something quite unique, you know, that, that, su yeah. that suits you, that suits your plants, that suits the climate. And there's something really exciting about that as well. But, uh, but it's, mm -hmm. uh, and also another thing is it's quite intriguing. You have to make a lot of photos because literally when you <laughs> start, started every year, year one to year 10, every year during the growing season, it will look very different each time because, yeah. you know, you're starting small, you're, you, you're working out how it will all look. You, you, for me, biodiversity is, is key and a, a variety of native plant, native plants. So Camellia sinensis is actually the only non-native plant that I have here, really. Uh, oh, well, wow. I've, I've got Himalayan balsam as well, which is a, which is okay. a wildflower that that grows along the stream, which is actually an seen as invasive here. But, um, but it's 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 uh, so so yeah it's so I have um so so for me you know it's it's interesting to see it developing every year and see it and seeing um, seeing it changing and maturing and turning into something slightly different every year um so you so it it's beautiful but so so that's why a young definitely i mean yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for you for bringing on that it's such a huge project um and 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 it takes so much patience throughout the years and i, I can imagine it being really exciting because you're almost like an architect in the way that you're yes you get to design the whole plan and the kind of layout um and you're also at the same time sort of a scientist always testing and experimenting things um i don't know i i, I imagine it's a really really challenging but rewarding experience so I'm, I'm happy to hear things are going well for you and you enjoyed the that process oh sweet mona thank you you're very kind and but it yeah. it's it's also it <laughs> it's also you know i mean has a lot of failure attached it sometimes you know and yeah, yeah. and and I mean failure in terms of you know learning that I do grow tea in a in a colder climate and mm -hmm. what what does that mean for young plants you know and I have learned for example that it's quite wise in the first maybe three winters to give them a little bit of natural protection very I only use natural mm -hmm. materials but but it's just a learning process. If you don't do it and you have a very thin stem and you have yeah. a more vulnerable root system and you yeah. do and you do have a deep frost, you know, then, then you could you could lose quite a few plants. So it's yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's but I think it's also and they turn back into soil, you know. So it's 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 kind of recovering from that and saying to yourself, Okay, that that's okay, that's it's part of it's part of my learning and it's part of quite yeah. deep learning and of course it sets you back and 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 um and there's also some losses of money and i think it i yeah. think i think that's something that that is that is um uh, quite quite tricky in the first few years and that is that is the financial side you know because you don't you really have to be resourceful and that's why it's, mm -hmm. it's lovely to me be, um, I know a lot of people who are quite resourceful and, and maybe offer 
some other things that that the that can 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 complement their income you know while while they're waiting for their tea um tea garden to be a little bit more mature um and for for more yield to to be able to to make more more tea you know so so yeah. it's so it, yeah there are there are quite a lot of but it's beautiful i mean i i i, I love my work and um and um it's got so many sides to it it's got um the social side as well of 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 linking up with all these beautiful tea people you know including yourself and you know our chat here is is... a fabulous job of i might say (laughs) oh oh, thank you oh you're sweet you're sweet thank you so much um but yeah yeah so where are we 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 weren't meant to talk about me at all it's all about you mona (laughs) i'm sort of interviewing you But um, yes, but you must come to 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 Europe. You must come, and uh, because there's some really lovely projects, and you would love it, Mona, as well. You would love um, that experience. I'm yeah. sure. I've drank some teas across Europe as well. There are quite a lot of green teas happening. A couple of black oh. teas, and um, yes, yeah, so it's so really fascinating. What what's kind of emerging from from this climate and from this soil and from people who live here very very fascinating yeah it's really exciting um i think because uh all of the the kind of regions i've traveled to for tea have all been very established um you know for generations tea tea regions so it'd be interesting to see some of the more innovative and newer um, up and coming areas for tea and kind of seeing how that plays out. Um, I'd love to taste some of the European made teas. I have no idea. I, I, I have to try some. I don't know how it would taste. Oh, yes. No, you you, you have to. Yes, yes, you have to. And um, so, but, but t- tell us... Um, Tell us a little bit more. So what? So you've gone. You've 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 done your wonderful um, tea travel experiences and tea volunteering, mm-hmm. and then, and it's led you to kind of say, I want to fully work in tea, and I want to have my own kind of project called Tea Teawala. And um, and yeah. so what do you do? What do you offer, Mona? Um, so, I mean, originally with the tea volunteering and the tea travel, it was just really me being, being like a curious soul and wanting to learn as much as I possibly could and then kind of started sharing it um, on Instagram um, and also my blog um, just as a way for me to document because I knew going into it, okay, this is going to be a really unique and once-in-a-lifetime experience, so I better record it somewhere. Yes. Um, so I just kind of, yeah, I recorded it mainly on Instagram and my blog and kind of through that process, got a lot of great feedback from friends who, you know, their eyes were kind of open to the world of tea. I think most people, when they think of tea, it's a very limited thought of like a tea bag in a mug and that's, a, that's as far as it goes. Yes. Um, so kind of showing the whole world behind that in, in, a, in a sort of like a way that's similar to maybe the understanding of wine. Okay. Um, but not so much tea. Um, so I think people were really fascinated with that. And, and I was just so inspired by everything I saw and experienced. Um, each tea region is, of course, they all make tea, but they're all completely unique um, culturally and um, tea processing wise. Yes. Um, languages, cultures, foods, um, 
types of teas, everything varies from region to region. So I was very inspired by that year of tea travel and volunteering. And by the end of it, I just thought, why not uh, kind of start Tiwala as a, as a company? Um, because at that point, I already knew a handful of farms on a personal level. And I'd already been sharing their teas um, with my followers and, and friends and families, yes. uh, members. Um, through what I call tea mail, which was basically me sending out fresh samples from the farm, plus a little handwritten postcard from me and sort of a souvenir from the local area to kind of bring people along the journey with me. Um, and so in the beginning of 2019, so after I finished the tea travels, um, I just decided to, I already have, I already have the, the, the network of farms, and I'm really, really passionate about tea, and I want to share the story on a on a more elevated level um, with with my growing kind of community. Yes. Um, and so I just kind of put the elements together that already were there naturally. Just really made my website, and and um, I'm based here in Hong Kong, and I think it's Hong Kong is a perfect kind of uh, middle central area between all the tea regions um, and. And, and people around the world. So it's quite a good middle ground for me to, you know, source the teas, but then also have a, a place to ship from. Nice, nice. Um, so through Tiwala, I basically offer the loose leaf teas um, from all the farms that I've personally visited. Um, and so right now I have, it's a pretty small selection since my sourcing process is very involved. Um, I, I don't source any teas from farms I've never visited, so I have to physically go there before I can bring on a tea, and that's part of the enjoyment for me. Yes. Um, and, and sharing that story from the inside is, is really what I love doing. So um, I have a selection of about 10 teas right now, um, which encompasses like white teas, oolong teas, um, black teas, and a couple herbal tisans as well. Um, so... The, the teas and then also some teaware as well, which I've sourced um, and to, so that people can kind of enjoy the loose leaf teas because there is kind of a transition to make between, you know, enjoying tea bags versus loose leaf tea. You need those basic tea tea tools and teawares to, to understand how to brew loose leaf. Yes. And once you have the tools, it makes it a lot easier, less intimidating, more approachable. So selling some of those basic tools just to get people to try loose leaf teas. Um, and also I launched an online course earlier last year um, about how to taste tea and also evaluate different quality levels of teas just as a consumer from home. How can you know if, you know, what a tea is supposed, certain kind of tea is supposed to taste like and how can you tell if the quality level is low, medium, or high, and nice. um, also kind of getting more in touch with your own palate and um, taking notes on the different aspects of the, the tea when you taste them. So like the, everything from the look and the touch to the smell to the taste and the aftertaste and kind of that tasting process. Um, and, and finally, lots of great insight into how each tea category is processed and the regions that they come from. So it's kind of like this pretty broad um course that i put out which which goes in from the angle of tasting but also teaches you a lot more outside of just tasting and and, um, and, and i bet i bet you have a few a bit of fun there as well haven't you oh yeah it was really fun 
definitely, it, it was challenging because I, you know, when I was coming up with the, the content or like the script for each chapter, I, there's just so much to talk about. Um, and I, but I wanted to make it like bite sized so people could, you know, focus on certain things and, and, and the message wouldn't get lost. So nice. I, I had to like condense a lot of it, um, try to make it as concise and interesting as possible, but not losing the, the details as well. So that was quite a challenging uh, process. And I did have fun with it. Like I, um, to kind of show quality levels. I've been pretty spoiled in that I've mainly been drinking really high quality teas because I've done the tea travel and get it directly from the farms. But um, this course, because I had to show examples of like lower quality levels, forced me to actually go out and buy <laughs> buy some teas of lower levels. Um, oh yes. And kind of doing doing a cupping or evaluation of side by side of the tea yes. that was quite eye opening for me yes. because. You know, those are the kinds of teas that most people have access to. So, yes. so for me to understand what it, what a jump or what an elevation it is from from the mainstream, more commercial teas to to authentic, yes. um, farm grown, directly sourced, uh, high quality teas. That was really eye opening for me. Yes, but you and 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 you welcome all all levels. No, everyone's welcome. Are they, Mona? Yeah. So. Um, I, what I did was I offered um, just the course on its own, so the online course, which is like nine chapters. So that would be for somebody who already has a little bit of an understanding of tea and maybe mm. they have their own tea collection at home so they can watch the course and drink their own teas along with it. Nice. Um, but I also offered one that a package which was more like for int- uh, beginners um, who maybe they don't have a collection of teas and they want a little bit more of a foundational understanding. So I offered the course alongside my tea sampler, um, which is six six samples of six teas, which I um, sourced for Tiwala, as well as a book. Um, there's a phenomenal book called Tea is for Everyone, which is written by a Hong Kong author. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really beautiful and concise and well-written book um, nice. that goes into a lot of the Chinese concepts as well. Nice. In English, though. Um, of of tea. Nice, and nice, nice. Do you option. know? Do you know? That's really that's lovely. That's really lovely to know that that something like that is there, and you know, you offer it and you welcome people. And but it it it, it I've I've been thinking quite a lot about. Um, I've I've listened. To, I often listen to radio actually, and uh, there was this uh, doctor on recently talking really about mm-hmm. people who had COVID and who lose. A little bit, their sense of smell, yes. and oh um, and uh, terrifying. Yes, oh yes, yes, it's terrifying. And but she, it was very, it was very interesting because she talked about smell training. So I was doing something else, and suddenly I hear on the radio about smell training in the background. I thought, gosh, smell training, what's that? And and it was yeah. like, um, <clears throat> I think it must be a new, maybe COVID-related linked word, and it's linked to. It, 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 it's treated like um, people would do physiotherapy, like in a very repetitive way, you know, over a number of months. And she said, um, she said it was quite interesting because it, it, it reminded me a little bit of, um, well, it made me think of how much do we need um, the sense of smell to really deeply experience the teas we love. And... Um, 
It made me think oh, yeah, about definitely. yeah. It made you me think. I, I feel like you can't really taste the tea if you can't smell. Yes, but um, but but on a controversial level, it made me also think of some tea makers that I've come across who are very good tea makers but smokers, and I'm kind of always thinking. Gosh, you're ruining it. You're ruining it for yourself, uh, you know. And, and and of course, I would never say that. I'm always polite, but I I, I kind of I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> no, but I'm thinking. I mean, I feel like as a tea maker, it's sort of your responsibility to have a like as clean a palate as you possibly can. Yes. So that you can assess your teas to the best ability. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, even me, for example, like I don't even really wear perfume or anything anymore because it just uh, conflicts with, yes. with tea evaluation and tea tasting. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you can be a smoker and taste yes. tea. As- <laughs> it it just it just sometimes, you know, and as a, also as a tea grower and tea maker, you have a lot of time by yourself sometimes. So you kind of just yeah. well, I do, I do, and I actually. I love that as well. I love being with people, but I love being by myself with my plants as well and seeing animals yeah. and, and it, it nourishes me, but also that's deep learning for me. And, and, and I have, I, I do think about these things then and I heard her on the radio and I thought, gosh, how does that link to, and she explained to someone said, oh gosh, I've lost my sense of tea, sense of smell after COVID and what can I do? And she did say, Okay, get yourself a kind of a few, a, like a small selection of essential oils and and, la- and, and label them, like uh, cover the labels so you don't know what they are and, and, and actually literally smell them every day deep, deeply, you know, in a very intense way, smell them and take your time over it, take like 10 minutes or so and without doing anything else. And it was very interesting. And that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know you could like train your sense of smell to come back eventually. Yes. I think, I think, um, well, she explained there's certain areas in the brain that you can, you know, you can really, um, uh, how can I say, it, kind of activate and, and, and make, make a little bit stronger, yeah. you know. So it's, I, I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated by that. That's why I also love yeah. the, 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 that's why I often talk about mystery teas. I, I love, I love, uh, you know, I, I do some little groups where um, we, we share oh, teas. That, teas. Yes. I think you mentioned this to me before, yes. the, that you send a random tea, right? Yeah, we said, well, we said, it's like a small group. Um, and, uh, and actually I'll do a little, um, podcast episode on it explaining it because okay. I think more people should should do it because it's wonderful it's all it challenges yourself in a very beautiful and gentle way um it's it, it's it's because uh, you imagine you have three little tea samples arriving and you actually have no information about them so you literally yeah. do have yeah. just your own you know your 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 sight you you see the tea you smell it yeah. in dry form and then and then wet and you go through that journey without actually having that ba- sometimes baggage of okay this is when it was harvested this is where it's from so you you kind of you you can you can really connect with the tea in a, yeah. in a different way actually I, I really love this idea I would love to join this club because I think like teas are meant to be experienced through the senses. Yes. In a in a very immersive way, in a 
in a, in a way that's very personal to you. Yes. And I think sometimes having too much knowledge about it, you know, it puts you in a bias and then you can't, you, you might have a particular understanding about it before you've even um, been, had the chance to smell or taste the tea. Yes. So I feel like going in it completely blind um, is kind of a nice way to, to really connect with a tea. You know, have n- no information about it whatsoever and then just just using your own senses to take it in and, and make your own kind of assessment or, or feeling about it. I think that's really awesome. Yes. Oh, lovely! Yes. Well, we've we've got to organize something then to 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 yeah. do to do that together. And and I will. Um, I I I just love love doing it. I th- I've got so much out of it as well. Uh, and you can do it at every level. You see, I think that's also the beauty um, of okay. it as at the starting point of your tea journey and later on as well. But anyway, um, I I I think I see I see the time. And do you know, I have a little note saying. You must do not forget these questions. And there's still so many questions here, Mona, that I wanted to ask you, which is terrible. Aww. But, 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 but. I didn't even realize the time went by so fast. I know. It's really nice talking to you as always. I know. No, it's lovely, lovely to hear you, really. And, and thank you so much for, for giving me this time. And, um, oh, thank you. And, uh, and I wish you some all the best with with all your work, um, which is which is beautiful and very visual. I lo- I love I love seeing you on Instagram. It's so um, it's gentle, but it's 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 lovely. It, it it's uplifting yeah. as well, and it's in, it's informative, and you know it's really really nice um to to be thank linked you, to you. Yeah, to- I say the same for your Instagram. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank um, you. And seeing your work on the farm, I think that's just really, really, really amazing. Thank um, you. Thank and thank you for having me. And I guess since there's so many questions on, uh, left, you we only have to have another chat then soon. Yes, yes, we will. We will. And and just well, let let let's finish off with this one. Where, where would your next? Where is your next destination, Mona? When we uh, are allowed to travel oh again. My- this is such a hard question, and I'm especially <laughs> debating about it this year because I, I want to source new teas, um, but it obviously depends on, you know, travel abilities. Um, okay, let's just assume that, like, travel was completely open and, and COVID was uh, clear. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. And I, I'm actually quite interested in going to, like, Korea and Japan. Mm, mm. Um because I've tasted Korean teas and I've met someone who has a tea farm in Korea, tasted their green tea, their black tea, and also some of their herbal, um, like pumpkin and citron teas. Nice. Um, just very interesting, um, different, different botanicals, um, to process. And yeah, I really, I've, I've actually never been to Korea and it's pretty close to Hong Kong. Um, and I would, it's just somewhere that's kind of completely new to me that I would love, love to visit. Um, and I really don't know much about the tea there. So I feel like there's a lot, a lot of room to learn. Nice. Um, yes. And I also love Korean food, <laughs> uh, spicy food. So that would be quite fun. Oh, um, that, that's, that's wonderful. I loved Korea. And actually, when you're going there, I, I, I will, I will send you, um, uh, I'll link you up with this lovely, lovely lady. She's got a little traditional tea shop. You know, in, in, in Seoul, they're, um, 
there are a number of kind of more touristy tea tea houses, mm -hmm. which which is lovely. You know, they're, they're amazing experience, amazing desserts as well. And but 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 yeah. then you suddenly discover this little tiny, you know, traditional tea house um, where only the locals go. And um, and we went in yeah. there, and and uh, and I I um I met this lady, this this tea shop owner there, and, and I'm I'm still. Um, in touch with her, and she's a lovely, lovely lady. So I'll I'll get in touch. I get you both in touch because um, she's oh, a definitely must must visit when you go there. She's so welcoming, and she knows so much about you know some beautiful uh, tea gardens there, and always has fresh teas. Oh. And so yeah, so um, yes. Uh, that would be amazing. Yes, I'll do that. But yeah. But thank you so much, Mona, again, and, and have a lovely... What's the time now? I, I shouldn't say have a lovely day. It's the end of your day, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's, uh, it's 8.15 in the, in, the, in the evening. Oh, well, have a nice evening then, yeah. Thank you. I wish you a, a lovely day. <laughs> thank, thank you. so much for your time. Thank you, Mona. And, um, good luck for the, the spring harvest to come. Oh, thank you. I look forward to that. Stay warm. Drink lots of tea. Yes. <laughs> I've been drinking lots. Yes. Thank you, Mona. All the best. Right. Big, big hug. Bye bye. Same to you. Bye. bye.